everyone and welcome to player one on sin i am zach and today i am joined by jacob tom and nathan of hello. course hello everyone of course you can always find us at player one sin on twitter and instagram and player one on omni apple podcasts google podcasts and spotify today we will of course be going through the news and some new releases as well as discussing some warner brothers uh, dragon quest a very special quiz after the break, and perhaps a little bit about E3 and Grand Theft Auto. But before we get to any of that, we have a couple of songs coming up. First is My GameCube Broke by Uzu, followed by Overflowing Cup by Floodlights. You are listening to Player One on Sin. Welcome back to Player One on Sin. You just heard two amazing songs. They were My GameCube Broke by Uzu and overflowing cup by floodlights part of our sweet 16 you can find it every week on sin.org.au or check out the sweet 16 radio show sweet sunday radio show even uh to find your new favorite song however we're going into our rapid fire news and nathan take it away okay this is a pretty big thing of news so we'll take it right away uh direct Director of the film Frankenstein's Army, Richard Rathorst, very cool name, claims that Capcom stole his creature design for a walking propeller monster. Um, okay. Sega is reportedly considering rebooting Crazy Taxi, Space Channel, and Jet Set Radio, and more. Um, the Xbox resume feature is reportedly getting even quicker. Okay. After violence broke out in a parking lot, Walmart and Target were forced to suspend in-store sales of Pokemon trading cards. <laughs> These events took place due to the extremely high demand of said cards. Oh, God. Uh, people are being a bit crazy. Uh, Nintendo has said that it physically cannot keep up with the m- demand for Nintendo Switches due to the worldwide semiconductor shortage. Uh, we have been shown two new colours for the DualSense controllers, Cosmic Red and Midnight Black. Uh, the original Xbox dashboard is now available for the Series X and S. Uh, Sony has announced that they currently have over 25 PS5 games in development. Cool. Uh, Warner Bros. games will reportedly be split up after a recent merger between Disney, uh, sorry, Discovery and Warner Media. Uh, and Sad news time. There will be no Hollow Knight Silk Song at E3 2021. Now, I guess we should go to the new releases. Take it away, someone. Thank you. My name is not someone, though. It is Tom, and I'll take you through the releases that will be coming out. We've got some big games coming out, especially May 25th. We have uh, five titles. we got Biomune coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. We have Final Fantasy 14 coming to the PlayStation 5. I don't know how to read Roman numerals. I don't play Final Fantasy, so that took me a little bit. Uh, King of Seas coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Maneater coming to Switch. Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster on PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. That would be a good one to check out if you're a... Oh, I don't remember the game. Oh, well. 
May 27th, we have Earth Defense Force World Brothers for PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. We also have Oddworld Collection for the Switch and the Idolmaster Starlit Season for PlayStation 4 and PC. And then on May 28th, we have Wonder Boy, Asher in Monster World. That's coming to PlayStation 4, Switch, PC. And finally, World's End Club coming to Switch. What a collection of games to come out. And I will quickly uh, just correct your pronunciation there and definitely hype up the Shin Megami Tensei 3 um, Nocturne remaster. Obviously, when Nintendo had that direct with almost nothing in it, the Shin Megami Tensei series being announced was massive for the fans of the franchise who kind of got left behind when Persona took over. And That's the one, Persona, yep. A lot more popular. <laughs> little, little bit, little bit. Um, also, they said Shin Megami Tensei 5 was coming out like four years ago, and then we heard nothing from it for four years. So, yeah, this is uh, a exciting uh, week for those guys. I am excited for you guys. And just to go back up to the news for just a second, uh, we will say that the Warner, Bro- uh, Warner Bros. games and Discovery Warner Media stuff is, as of recording, only reported. We don't know what uh, the, I guess, destination of Warner Bros. games will be. So if, this, if news comes out between recording and when this episode goes live, we apologize for being a little bit late. But that's how uh, it goes. Obviously, we're not in studios yet, unfortunately. All right, on that note, I think we should go to our next couple of songs. Uh, coming up next is Large Mag- Magellanic Cloud from Starbound, followed by Caterpillar by Zach E.T. You are listening to Play One on Sin. That was Caterpillar by Zach E.T. from the Sweet 16 playlist. Check that out on sin.org.au or the Sunday Sweets show on Sunday. Um, this segment is uh, What Have We Been Playing, the playlist? Um, I'll start quickly. I haven't not been playing much because I still, yeah, haven't been playing much, which sucks. I have been getting a bit into the Lego games recently and Lego in general because Lego is very cool and I think it is very underappreciated sometimes. Agreed. Agreed. Lego is amazing. Uh, Speaking of blocks, though, I've been going to a very pixelated game. Celeste. I have been getting way back into that, and oh, it is still one of the best games I've ever played. I finished it last year, but I never ended up getting all of the collectibles, and I've just been grinding at that, and everything about it just works so well. It is absolutely amazing, and it's surprising how not, like, it is difficult, but it doesn't really, it never feels that hard. Like, comparing it to something like, like, I've played Bloodborne, comparing it to that, it's like night and day. Obviously, they're very different genres, but a lot of people compare them because of their high difficulty, and they don't feel the same at all, despite their difficulty, because something like Bloodborne, which is really, like, punishing whenever you die, it, it makes you, you know, fear death. Celeste is complete opposite, and I love it. It's so easy to just, weirdly enough, relax with a game where I'm losing constantly. <laughs> Um, and like, cause I'm up to, you know, some of the final collectibles, some of the hardest levels in the game, um, the hardest level in the game, pretty much. And it's weirdly relaxing. I don't know why, but it's just, it's my happy game. It's just, it's a happy place mm. for me. I like Celeste so much. It's so, it's so good. It's so Celeste good. makes me angry. It's so hard and angry? I can't play it. Yeah. I liked the story and the game was fun, but it's too difficult and I can't handle it. I'm like Bloodborne. I actually chill out with Bloodborne, which is so 
it's a different genre though right like i come from, yeah i'm not very yeah. good at 2d platforming uh i but i love that kind of uh souls like combat yeah i'm uh, much better with a platformer than a you know action combat game i'm, I'm gonna bounce off you there and say that uh half of the reason i reckon you're so uh, calm when playing celeste is because there is no punishment to death as you said and because of how quick respawns are yeah like you yeah. die same, same vibe as like um super meat boy well yeah it took the best of meat boy and made an even better game um, oh yeah absolutely but celeste of course brilliant game if you haven't played it definitely play it it's uh amazing definitely amazing um myself i have been in the middle of getting back into slay the spire uh interestingly mm-hmm. enough it's a if you haven't played it, a card-based RPG, I guess I'd call it. Very, very strange and hard to explain, but it is a kind of comfort game. It's very easy to sit down and sink an accidental 45 minutes into when you meant to spend 15 minutes in your free time just sinking into something. I suggest if you haven't, definitely check it out. Um, I believe it's on Game Pass right now, so if you've got that, Hey, win-win. Uh, but Tom, what have you been playing? That's actually relevant that you bring up Game Pass. Um, I bought the Game Pass quite a while ago only to play uh, Sea of Thieves. I was like, hey, this is a cool looking game and it's a dollar. And I've been playing Sea of Thieves for about a year now. And yeah, this week I dedicated a lot into it. I put so much time. I actually haven't played any <laughs> other games other than Resident Evil 7 which was mostly me screaming and crying. <laughs> but Sea Thieves is my game to relax on. Uh, I go on. I'm a pirate. I'm out on the open ocean. It's nice. It's sweet. I get to sank, sink other people's ships. I have such a good time. And I always feel like I'm a bit free, you know, just hanging out. There's no punishment. There's no grind in Sea of Thieves. It's all just a good time. Uh, yeah, I think resident evil though that's the opposite i am not having a good time i didn't sleep properly last night because i was up playing that but maybe some like good music could have helped maybe like if i was listening to astral observatory slash uh mayor's meeting by marble pawns which is the next song coming up maybe i would have had a better sleep and following that is in the stone by the goon sacks because you're listening to play one on synth and the song you just listened to was In the Stone by the Goonsacks. And that is not a JoJo reference, despite much of my uh, attempts for it to be. Now, recent news has led us to believe that Warner Bros. might be having to dissolve or make some major changes to its game studio with their merger with Discovery. I'd like to reflect on Warner Brothers games. You know, there's a long history of video games out there. And we've, we have a long history of gamers ourselves. What have we been playing... Uh, Warner Brothers what about you Zach yeah so I um when I heard about this I actually went to do a little bit of research of what Warner Brothers had made and I was really surprised by the amount of stuff they'd made that I'd actually heard of and the one that jumped out to me immediately uh and I haven't played in a very long time but it was Scribblenauts they did the mm. Scribblenauts series which I played so much in high school uh it was one of those games because we had iPads in high school and you could play it without making much noise. So not much work got done in class, but a lot I... of typing did. A lot of typing did, and that's what matters. I played yeah, Scribblenauts on actually... the DS. That's... <laughs> I yeah, did not have a DS, and it is one of the biggest regrets of my life. Mm. It's it's a great game. I remember because Batman is in it, Superman is in it, and I was always like, ah, 
Uh, yeah. That was only one of them. That was um, yeah. Scribble Notes Unmasked. Um, but the other the... ones didn't have um, Batman and Superman and that. But on the note of Batman and Superman and Warner Brothers, they also did Injustice, which I remember playing quite a bit of. Again, it was the uh, mobile version, the iPad version, which honestly is a pretty solid fighting game on mobile devices compared to something like the Street Fighter mobile games, which are bad um, because they kind of rebuilt it from the ground up instead of just trying to make a direct port of the console version. It's very much its own thing with its own control scheme and it works really well. I'm going to jump on that and um, I say would... that I... Oh, sorry. I, I think the um, it may not necessarily be its own thing, but if it's not, it's running on the same engine as another Warner Brothers games game uh, in Mortal Kombat uh, in their mobile game, which is very similar if you've had a look at the, both of them. But that's that's the thing. Warner Brothers, as we said, uh, part of a huge lineup of fighting games, and you run through it. They've done all the Arkham Knight series. They've done your, your Mortal Kombat 11. They were a part of that, and that was a huge game. Um They've got Lego games. They've got all sorts. And it's uh, it's definitely sad to see that go. I know for myself, um, I sunk an unbelievable amount of time into some of the Lego games that um, they had a hand in as much as it may have been a little bit too old for it. Playing it with kids or something like that, it's very easy to do. So it is sad to see that go. Nathan, what did you, what did you have? Um, well, I was going to say also the um, Batman Arkham games. I love the Batman Arkham games. They're so fun. The combat is so fluid, and it's just, it's cool being Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> a lot of these games had uh, a, a continuation franchise, kind of. They were staples, and they existed, like uh, Mortal Kombat and Injustice. And we're seeing a lot of these games now might be at risk, right? Especially Back for Blood. That's I was really keen for that. That's like the Left for Dead game that was being made by them. Um, it was a published. They publish it. I guess that's sort of similar as well. There's the Big Injustice, uh, the Suicide Squad game. Sorry, and they also have the um, ah, oh, I have it up. Gotham Knights. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot about well, Gotham Knights. Well, I actually, I actually don't think that I would have liked Gotham Knights, but um, I guess like for people who did want to play it, it looks like a bit of fun. I think the question of what's going to happen to these games is very up in the air. I feel like whenever these sorts of mergers or company closures happen, the result, like what happens to the games, is always sort of up in the air. Sometimes they get bought by other companies and finished by other publishers. Uh, sometimes they just you know, disappear and then resurface like 10 years later. So I don't think we can count a lot of these franchises out, but oh, no, I don't know. think we'll be seeing many of them anytime soon. I, I expect that some franchises like Mortal Kombat and so on will be picked up immediately by another producer because that's money lying on a table. But I think one that is also money lying on a table and one that we um, pretty much learned about not too long ago being the um what is it called it was uh the new harry potter game uh return to hogwarts or something like that um mm, yeah that of course has it's not necessarily led by warner brothers media however they have a pretty big hand in it and you can only imagine with their foreclosure uh that game will be pushed back if not completely cancelled depending on how much of an influence they've had on the game itself but of course this is all speculation and we really hope that if it does happen that the people who work within Warner Brothers Media Games 
do very quickly find more work outside of it. And, you know, fingers crossed it doesn't happen anyway because we all love Warner Brothers games. But do you know something? I reckon that Warner Brothers games kind of made the perfect product with quite a few of their games. So here is the perfect product by TWRP <laughs> and GP Incorporated on Player One on Sin. You're listening to Player One on Sin. You just heard Jimmy's Jam by Remy, part of our Sweet 16. Check that out every single week on sin.org.au or you can check out the Sunday Sweets show every Sunday to hear your new favourite song. Now, of course, our crew has gone for a bit of a drink. Um, Zach, Nathan and Tom, they're just getting some water, you know, a bit of a dry throat, fix that up. But they've left me to talk about Dragon Quest, an amazing franchise, of course, on the 27th of this month. It will be Dragon Quest's 35th anniversary. That's pretty impressive for a franchise that has garnered the, I guess, legacy that Dragon Quest has. And there's a reason Dragon Quest gained that legacy. Uh, It's not so big in the West, it kind of got overtaken by Final Fantasy, which took things from Dragon Quest. I just want to make that clear. And I'm not saying that Final Fantasy stole anything or anything like that. It just built upon things that Dragon Quest established. Because the original Dragon Quest established the JRPG. It established that genre. The top-down, random encounters, uh, the four-on-one kind of D&D style of battling, uh, the turn-based nature. Well, again, the turn-based wasn't Dragon Quest, but it built that into the JRPG style. It made the modern JRPG style. And other games were able to build off that and improve in ways that Dragon Quest didn't. But Dragon Quest did improve on its own and build itself into a franchise with amazing stories, amazing settings, referencing itself by keeping itself relevant to Japan more so than the US, because Final Fantasy, of course, took off in the US. However, in the uh, in the East, in Japan, Final Fantasy didn't get that. Instead, Dragon Quest stayed at the top, becoming a cultural icon of Japan. Of course, things like the slime, one of the best designs for an enemy I can ever think of is the slime. Of course, teardrop kind of style. Big smile, it's very friendly, very inviting, and it's your very standard, bog standard to the point where it's become a trope, and this is because of Dragon Quest, it's become a trope. It's the first enemy, and it's an amazing first enemy, and that trope is amazing, and there are so many other tropes that come from Dragon Quest. In fact, I suggest if you haven't, you play some of the games. Speaking of playing the games, I've played a couple of them, and every single one I've played, I've loved and, yeah, within Player One, I think I'm probably the JRPG guy. So, I'm probably the one to turn to for it. And out of every JRPG I've played, every every RPG I've played, Dragon Quest has been the most consistently great. Uh, of course, I have played Dragon Quest 4, 7, 9, and 11. With my favourite being 9, however, I'm currently playing through 11, and that is kicking it out of the park. Like, it is amazing so far. That's not to say that the others aren't great. And there's a reason that Hero was added to Smash with so many different games uh, referenced, even leading up to that announcement. As someone who followed Smash and followed the announcements, you know, kind of fingers crossed for Banjo-Kazooie, people were talking about a Dragon Quest representative getting in, and no one was arguing. Everyone kind of went, yeah, okay, it's a uh, culturally significant icon. 
And there's a reason why. That modern JRPG would not exist. So your favorite JRPG, uh, your, your Pokemon, your Persona, your Shin Megami Tensei, even your Final Fantasy, may not exist without Dragon Quest. Of course, the first game on the SNES, released 35 years ago, uh, 1986. I don't suggest you go back and play that one. Instead, I suggest that you check out one of the newer games. Maybe if you want to dive off and, you know, you're not the biggest JRPG fan, they've got spin-offs. There are plenty of spin-off games. One of my favorites being a very Minecraft-esque game in Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest even, Dragon Quest Builders. Uh, they managed to make a Minecraft building sim out of a JRPG franchise, and it works really well, fits into the aesthetic of the game, uh, of the franchise even, and it, it makes itself. And if you're thinking to yourself, why, why Dragon Quest? Why is Dragon Quest so special today? Well, it's because it built itself a very particular art style, and it's an art style that people will recognize immediately, because that's built off another culturally impressive and culturally iconic uh, series and franchise by an artist who made not only a franchise, but a legacy. And of course, that's Akira, uh, Akira Toriyama. And if you're not familiar with that name, you'd be familiar with the Dragon Ball franchise that he uh, is the artist for. Of course, uh, in the early days, Dragon Quest and Dragon Ball, when Dragon Ball was still fairly new, were swapping out enemies. So bad guys and enemies from Dragon Quest were appearing in the Dragon Ball manga and uh, the Dragon Ball series in the, in the anime, and vice versa. And there's a reason why both of them succeeded. I'm running out of time, of course, to talk about Dragon Quest and really tell you how good it is. So here's a piece of music from the franchise. Here is the Dragon Quest Overture from Dragon Quest, of course, covered by Family Jewels on Sin. You just listened to Party Tricks by... Alice Sky. This is play one on Sin. You're listening. This is the top of the hour. Uh, we're here with Nathan, Zach, and Jacob. It's been a great day so far, but we got more coming at you. We got our socials. You should check us out on Instagram. We got at player one on Sin. For that's a Twitter too. We got player one on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You should check us out. You can listen to all our past shows too. We're really, really excited what we got here for y'all. We got Jacob's special quiz coming up right after the next two songs. We also got a bunch of discussion about the cool things that are coming out in the future, like E3 and GDA 6. This has been Tom talking to you about Top of the Hour. The next song coming up is More Donkey, More Problems by Video Game Donkey. What a great one. And after that is In 10,000 Places by Jennifer Loveless. You're listening to Player One on Sin. Welcome back to Player One on Sin. You just heard In 10,000 Places by Jennifer Loveless, uh, part of our Sweet 16. Check it out every week, sin.org.au, or the Sunday Sweet Show on Sundays, of course. Uh, you may just find your new favorite song, but we know what time of the week it is. It is time for the quiz. And guys, the competition's a little bit smaller this week. We have the return of the undefeated Zach. So this could be another washout. So how do we all feel? Are we all confident at all? Mm -hmm. no. Absolutely not. I am never confident. Says undefeated. I'm bulging. I, hey, I'm undefeated, but I am not confident about it. Confidence ripples through my veins. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, this quiz is going to be a bit 
lighter. I think it's going to be one that hmm. if you know the stuff, you know the stuff. So I will go in straight away. Question one, who wrote the DK rap? Zach. Zach. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. We were talking about this earlier and I forgot the name. Uh, oh, Tom. Grant Oh, yeah, you got it. Grant Kirkhope on the board. Okay, thank God. For about, I was about to say Grant Kirk, man. I'm like, no, that's not right. Oh. <laughs> that would have been nice. DK didn't write the rap. Oh, no. Funky Kong wrote it. Damn, you got me there. We're going to question two, of course. And this is a question about number two, a sequel. What is the name of the second Subnautica game? Tom. Tom. Subnautica Below Zero. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Now, we're going to somewhere where I can give you a point and a half here, if you can name the Ooh. city uh, in, as well. Where is uh, Team Cherry of Hollow Knight fame based? Uh, Nathan. Zach said it first, but... Uh, Sydney. No. They oh. are in Australia, so I'll give you that point. But I'll give okay. half a point if either Tom or Nathan can name the uh, city. Nathan, uh, Melbourne? No. Tom? Adelaide. Well done. Half a point to Tom. Hmm. They are an Adelaide company. And of course, get excited for Silk Song when we eventually hear news about that. Um, hmm. Disappointment. Moving on, we're going to go for a bit of a blast to the past. What year did Twitch Play's Pokemon start? Tom? Tom. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Uh, 2014. Well done. Tom has taken a, uh, taken a lead. I, I had a project about it in high school, and I'm like, I just had to remember which year I did the project in. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, this is a completely different question. What was the prize pool for the 2020 League of Legends World Championship? Nathan. Nathan. <laughs> I'm just going to go out there and say a million dollars. No, I'm no. going to give a bit of a hint here and say that it's much larger. Oh. Zach. Zach. $17 million. Much less. <laughs> Tom. Tom. $5 million. It is less than that. It was 2.34 mil. I would have just taken 2 mil at that point, um, which was their largest prize pool ever, actually. Because, of course... Yeah. League of Legends competitions are a lot bigger than they should be, in my opinion. But exciting. Ooh, based. Question six. How many games has Yoshi appeared in? Oh, like total or like Yoshi games? How, how many has he appeared in? Oh, God. So he could be a side character. He doesn't necessarily need to God. be the main character. Oh, God. Tom. Tom. Ten. Good shot in the dark. It is at least 10. It is more than that, there though. Easy. Nathan. Nathan. I'm going to say 20. More? More. I can see Zach. Uh, you guys can't see it now, but Zach is actually counting on his fingers all the games he can think of with Yoshi mm. in them. The thing is, I don't know what is Zach. Um, 34. No, it is 101. Okay, I was very Holy low. Shit. <laughs> Yoshi I guess as well, in... arcade games and stuff like. Yeah, uh, if you add up ever. 
I'm not 100% he, sure if this number includes it, but he's been in so many Mario games at this point. So, Right, right. And keeping it on Yoshi, how many Yoshi colors are there? Zach. Zach. Mm, eight. No. Um, Tom. Tom. We go with all reliable here and say 10 again. No. Nathan? Uh... 13. No, Tom was the closest. It is 11. And now moving hmm. so far away from Yoshi, it is hilarious. Uh, when was the first Call of Duty released? Uh, Nathan. Nathan. Was it 2004? No. Tom. Tom. 2005. Hello? No. Damn. Zach? Zach? Hello. 2000. 2000. Yes, Hello? Nathan. Nathan. Uh, sorry, um, I got cut off for a sec. Right, oh, we, gonna, we can still hear. We can still. What we're going to do is we're going to um, go back to the start of that question. Yep. Just answer with the same thing you did. Um, cool. All right. So moving far away from Yoshi, uh, we're going to go to when was the first Call of Duty released? Nathan. Nathan. Uh, Two thousand and four. No, it's not. Anyone Tom. else? Tom. 2021. I played that one. It's Black Ops Cold War. Fair, fair. No, it's not. <laughs> Zach. Zach. As tempted as I am to say 2022, I am instead going to say 2003. Correct. Ding, ding. Yes. Uh, I was one year <laughs> off. It, it gets like that. And we're going to move to a da- game that's very different again. In the game Shovel Knight, who do you rescue at the end? Zach. Zach. Shield Knight. Well done. Shield Knight. I believe Zach's taken this away. Um, yeah. <laughs> keeping it on Shovel Boys. Knight, though. When was Shovel Knight released? Oh, God. Tom. Tom. 2012. No. Zach. Zach. 2013. No. Nathan? I'm going to say 2014. To get his first point on the board, Nathan has gotten the correct answer. Yeah. It is 2014. And I'm pretty sure here that it is three and a half to uh, five to one. Zach? Four. Just four. Oh, four. So it was a lot closer than I thought. But still, Zach has completely taken this away. He is again undefeated zach do you have any last words before we go into our next song uh, just that it's good to be back it's good to be back <laughs> oh, well. Stop. hey i missed two weeks coming back hitting the ground running all right y'all missed me here fair, i am fair all right well speaking of two we're going to go into uh, sonic 2's metropolis zone of course this is a cover by micah definitely keep listening because we've got more great stuff up ahead that was B2B Heartbeat by Donatachi featuring Cowgirl Clue from our Sweet 16 playlist. You can find that on sin.org.au. You are listening to Player One on Sin with Zach, Jacob, Tom, and Nathan. And we are going to jump into some E3 talk. Uh, We got news that Hollow Knight Silksong will not be at E3 this year. So we are going to discuss what we think actually will because that is coming up soon. Uh, Jacob, why don't you take us away? So this year, like the most interesting to me, realistically, is Nintendo, after a pretty dead year last year, uh, obviously 
due to COVID. Um, I feel like they have a lot of things that they might bring out. And a couple games that I personally am very excited to see maybe get mentioned. I expect us to hear about uh, Splatoon 3. Of course, it was uh, revealed somewhat recently. I expect we'll see gameplay or just see another trailer. I expect we will hear, maybe not see, but hear more about Breath of the Wild 2. Yes, the fabled Breath of the Wild 2. I was convinced it didn't exist for a while. Um, And of course, we're going to get a Smash character because it's E3. Why wouldn't you announce a Smash character at E3? Remind people that Super Smash Bros. Ultimate exists and ask for more money. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's a bit of a um, pessimistic uh, viewpoint. That's what E3 is all about at the end of the day. Let's face it. Yeah, I will say (laughs) that. It's fun, though. Oh, it, it's very exciting getting into that uh, couple weeks before you know someone's going to be announced. I know Walmart in America right now is very, 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 very heavily hinting that Crash might get in. So hop on that hype train if you're ready for disappointment, um, <laughs> as with any hype train. But, of course, there are other companies there. I think the big one is Xbox. Are we going to see Halo? Are we actually going to see more of Halo? Fingers crossed. I don't know. Tom? What do you think? I think now there's a little note I have here from you that says realistically. So I've had to scrap a bunch of my ideas, you know, stuff about Tetris 99, Mario 35, Pac-Man, whatever. And therefore Zelda themed 35 anniversary. We're going to get Legend of Zelda 35. Obviously, I thought that that was the next route, but I'm keeping it realistic for my ideas. Uh, Bethesda has... Uh, apparently got some exciting stuff to share with us maybe we were gonna see a little bit about the star space game some elder scrolls news maybe even like a little bit of doom news where they come out on stage and say hey we're giving away a copy of the vinyl finally to you tom uh sorry realistic right um i was gonna say we said realistic and then you went bethesda will announce more than one thing um yeah. bethesda will give me a personal vinyl <laughs> bethesda will do something it is yeah, my no, dream, honestly. I, I, I'm a big dreamer. I, I wish about big things. Maybe we'll get some cool stuff like some fun indie titles. Mostly, I always just hope for a VR game that I can buy pretty soon to its announcement. But uh, what, are, what are we... Is anyone else looking excited for some other titles? Um, so I know this is going to... Um, people aren't going to like this answer, but... I kind of want to see if there's a new Assassin's Creed game. I don't think there will be, but that I'd like there to be. Um, also, if if Sony was participating, which it isn't, which sucks, um, I'd want to see the new God of War because God of War is awesome and we need more God of War in the world. Um, but otherwise, I can't really think of anything else um maybe a new mass effect game but seeing as how the last mass effect game went that's probably not going to happen either yeah after adronima let's just leave mass effect as it is please <laughs> yes mm. uh, zach yourself yeah i'm i'm going to shout out what i think is probably the safest prediction square is going to show off final fantasy 16 because they showed that off last year and it's been a while since 15 we're going to definitely see more of that um Square in general, I'm actually fairly excited for. They had, um, and I keep forgetting the name of the game, but I think it was announced as Project Athia, and then they gave it an actual name. It was shown off at the um, PlayStation 5 reveal last year. Uh, but that looked really interesting, sort of a 
fantasy druidic magic kind of deal, which looks really cool. Um, so I'm interested to see more of that. Uh, possibly something to do with Final Fantasy XIV as well, because they're always doing something with Final Fantasy XIV. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said, Jacob. Uh, Nintendo will, like, all your predictions for Nintendo are pretty safe bets. Um, although I'm a lot more confident that we'll see Breath of the Wild 2 than I think you are, because I honestly think Zelda's going to kind of dominate their E3 this year a little bit. Um, it, because, yeah. It's, it's been, the, right? let's put it this way, it's been the same amount of time since Breath of the Wild, like the first one was announced for Wii U, and that, when that came out, as it has been since... The, since Breath of the Wild came out and, you know, Breath of the Wild 2. Like, it's mm. been the same amount of time since then and now. So That's a dangerous the fact thing that, to bet on because of COVID. But the, I, see I understand that, but the reason, the reason I say that is because for Breath of the Wild, they had to develop the engine from scratch. For Breath of the Wild 2, they've already got the engine to use. So That's I feel like... They're using the same engine, though. We don't know. True. We don't know, but I would be very surprised if they aren't. Or if at least they're not using a very similar framework for the game because people liked Breath of the Wild a lot. It would be very strange to do one thing and then drop it entirely. Although that does sound exactly like Nintendo, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Is there anything we do know? Uh, All I know is that we're not going to see one of my favorite games or characters of all time in Banjo and Kazooie because... They don't exist anymore outside of Smash Brothers, unfortunately. So I'm going to cheer myself up with our next song, of course, Click Clockwood from Banjo-Kazooie. This is a cover by Kumu here on Player One with a whole bunch of people. That was BS by Milan Ring from our from Sin's Sweet 16 playlist. Uh, check that out on sin.org.au. You are listening to Player One on Sin. I am Zach, and I'm joined by Jacob, Thomas, and Nathan. Uh Nathan, I think you said you had some thoughts on GTA 6. Why don't you take it away? Okay, so um, one thing I want is I, I don't want it to be a clone of GTA 5 because we've already had 10 GTA 5s on like 10 consoles. So not a clone of GTA 5, please. <laughs> um, but the main thing I want is actually I want to be able to use cheats because I remember the most fun I had with GTA when I was a kid was when I was using cheats and just spawning in tanks and running around, going on giant sprees of destruction. Fair, fair. I will say for quick, um, I guess, context, we are talking about this because Take-Two Interactive has said that there are 21 games uh, that will be releasing between now and March uh, March 2022 including quite a few different ones, but um, they've said, don't hold your breath for GTA 6. And we thought, hey, let's talk about what we'd like to see from a magical GTA 6 when GTA 5 stops getting updates uh, because it's still getting pretty constant updates. Um, It is, it is. And GTA 5 Online, the experience, is actually not developed by the same studio, but it is amazing. It's fun. Uh, I'm an active part of that community, you know, I probably came at GTA 5 at a not-so-legal age to play that game, but I'm still an active part. I've been through hacker waves and me mysteriously making billions of dollars in moments of minutes that Rockstar should not lock into. But I, you know, I've had a lot of fun with this kind of stuff. The issue, I think, with GTA 6 is that it has a lot to live up to. When Grand Theft Auto Online has uh, access to a lot of like vehicles and customization, now you have a player base that you have to move 
into hey by the way you're gonna have none of that and also like it's just gonna be the base game that probably won't be multiplayer straight away just like they've done with red dead redemption which i think is something i really should mention because red dead came out uh, two years ago uh and that it's a good game uh i've heard i haven't played it myself <laughs> but it was plagued with uh injustice and i hope that gta 6 comes with injustice for its workers and its employees where we take a new stance on uh working overtime and crunch and the people at rockstar the lovely developers who put their hearts in these games aren't pushed to their limit and we actually get a product that is free of uh that injustice yeah that's what i want to see from gta 6 (laughs) that's a fair ask i mean yeah you do hear about it and there has been quite a few issues with it in the last couple of years obviously with crunch and so on and i think with gta 6 obviously no one's expecting to hear about it soon and if they are they're just really really hopeful and honestly it's not going to happen as we just learned um i think that's a huge one and i think one that i kind of like is (laughs) if they did that if they do the whole release the solo game before the online game uh, because gives people a chance to play the game and get somewhat of an equal playthrough of the game before jumping onto an online and it also stops the online from being gate kept straight into its um, existence so that's a great idea for me um, I'd also like to see honestly the online become a little less toxic because it can be very toxic sometimes especially for uh people who may not know what they're doing in the same manner as other players so that's something they could try and tackle but i don't know how they would do that uh zach what would you like to see i know you said you'd never really touched it but if you were to pick up gta 6 what would you want to see in the game Okay, so my knowledge of GTA comes mostly from just messing around when I was, you know, at a friend's house and they had the game. I've never played one for myself, never owned one for myself. Uh, But causing chaos, it turns out, is really, really fun. So if they can give you some creative, interesting, just straight up dumb ways to mess around and ruin things, that would be great. You know what else I would love to see in GTA 6? If you want that, sorry. If you want that, you should go to like um, Just Cause or um, Saints Row because those are better games for that kind of stuff. <laughs> I could, but also if I wanted that, I could go to Mario. And I'm going to go to Mario because this is Hey Mario by Patton Pending, followed by Radiance by Christopher Larkin <laughs> from Hollow Knight. You're listening to Player One on Sin. What a great show we had here. We just listened to Radiance by Christopher Larkin. That's from Hollow Knight. And... Wow, we had an interview with Chris Flack and you can check out that and a lot of our extra content. You should check it out on our socials. We have our Instagram and our Twitter, which is at Player1Sin. And you can check out all of our old shows plus some extra content on our Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify's. Spotify's? That's just Spotify. I'm sorry to everyone at home. I've let you down a little bit here, but <laughs> I don't think the whole show has let you down. I think this has been a really good one. I think I've had... A lot of laughs, a lot of smiles. We talked about video games. That's <laughs> that's our whole thing, isn't it? I only just realized that. Uh, you know what? If I had any last words for you, it would be stay tuned. We got a next uh, show coming on. It's Nervous Nellies. That involves none of us, but we did have some some close relations to some close relations to that. And it was it was a great time. Did and we have any last words for anyone else here with me today? 
I think. Yes. Yes, I. Oh, sorry. I was going to say we're going to be doing some really interesting and really exciting interviews soon. So stay tuned for that. Keep a lookout on the Spotify's and all that so that we you can see these awesome um, interviews that are going to uh, appear. They're going to blow you away. They'll be great. Thank you, Nathan. Took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say the exact same thing. Of course, keep an eye out for our very, very exciting interviews. I'm not going to say who. Uh, I'm going to let you guys kind of simmer on that and kind of boil on that as you try and rack your brain to think, who did Player One manage to get for an interview? Who said yes to talk to these bozos? Um, Thank you, Jacob. That What a great thing you just shared with us. But Nathan also shared it, and it was kind of unoriginal. Zach, did you have any closing words yourself? No. Actually, no, I do. Uh, all I'm going to say is uh, goodbye, take care. We'll see you all next week. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been Player One, and you're listening to Sin.